New Monsters and Batman 66 models announced. Deep Root announces game release timetable. Suncoast Pinball prepares for production. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and with me is... I'm Martin Ayab, an editor of Pinball News. Right, and welcome to our monthly recap of the previous months in the, uh, where we're looking at the pinball industry news, um, in this case of uh, May 2019. Indeed, and it was a reasonably quiet month, I have to say, as far as um, interesting or exciting news goes, but there's still plenty happening. Right. So um, now um, I have somewhere to be, and I think uh, you have something to be somewhere to be as well. So let's yeah, absolutely. get right into uh, the news of last month. And, yeah, let's uh, cut let's to the chase. Exactly. So Stern announced a new model for the Monsters and for Batman 66. And yes. Um, when, they, when they brought out the Monsters originally, the three models, the, the Pro, the premium and the LE, and the uh, the premium model was the the black and white playfield yes. one. And uh, now, ta-da! They also announced a premium in color. Yes, which is um, has you know, it's a swings and roundabout affair because on the plus side, it means that you, if you wanted to get a a, a color playfield along with the um, all the features that are on the playfield, you now have that option. Um, but it does mean that for those people who bought the LE just so they could get exactly that, they didn't like the, the black and white version and they wanted the color. Uh, so they so they paid out the extra and got the limited edition model. Uh, it now turns out that maybe they didn't need to do that and they could have waited a little while and got a, a color premium after all. Right. So, so doesn't that make the black and white premium the actual limited edition? Oh, it depends how many they made, of course. Yeah, well, that's probably stuff that Stern is never going to disclose. Um, but if you own a black and white uh, premium Monsters, then just think of it that that's the actual um, limited edition. Although the colored version might see less units made, so that might be the collectible. <laughs> well, I think the, the black and white one was, um, it was, some people liked it and some people didn't. Um, and I think those who liked it really liked it. And those who didn't like it really didn't like it. So uh, they either went for the premium, oh, went for the limited edition, or went for the pro model, because uh, there's you know, there's not a huge amount of difference between the two. Is there? In, the, in features on the playfield, uh, no. Playfields are, are basically yeah, the features are the same. It's I think you're talking about maybe um, um, invincible glass or whatever it's called and a um a real back glass uh, instead of a uh, translite that usually that kind of stuff. maybe a shake yeah. or I don't know I don't have the specs in front of me but that's usually the I didn't see any extra reason why anyone would go for the limited edition on that one if you could go for a premium other than if you really don't like the black and white but okay mm. even that option is now it's a color, so I would say on Monsters, um, premium all the way, if you want it. Yeah, uh, well, well, perhaps they sold all the limited edition ones and people still wanted a, a color, fully featured playfield and couldn't get one, so well, this was the only way of doing it. If they did that, if that's the case, then good for Stern. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, maybe so, it's a good sign. Yeah. So that was the Monsters, the new, the new color 
premium model, but there's also a new model of Batman 66. Right, which is uh, focused around um, Catwoman. Yeah, the Catwoman Signature Edition, as I believe it's called. Yeah. And um, I forgot the name of the actress that played Catwoman, but apparently she's still alive, so um, she was able to sign a couple of um, uh, uh, trading cards, I think they are called, or whatever. Mm, yeah, Julie Newmar, I think was, yeah. was the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So each game comes with a signed um, Catwoman trading card. Yeah, Adam West was no longer available. I hear. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what happened there. Maybe, I, maybe there was something happened there that we weren't aware of. But uh, could be. Yeah. But uh, thank God we have Julie Newman or whatever her name is. Newmar, yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, well, so uh, so there's a, a couple of changes in the artwork, obviously, centered around um, Catwoman. And uh, for the rest, it's still the same game. Um, it's still... Um, the, it's, it's, the, it's the premium model, I, I believe. Yeah, which is actually the pro model, the cheapest model. Yeah, it's the model. base model. Yeah, yeah, the base model um, of, of uh, that game. So you're still buying a very expensive uh, game. Um, code-wise, I understood that a lot of people uh, like how the code improved over time. Mm, yes, good point. And, uh, so if Batman 66 is a game that you're in the market for, now you have an extra option. Yeah, I'm not sure what the pricing is, whether that's the same as the original premium model was or whether it's, um, whether it's higher or lower than that. Right. I didn't actually get any official announcement from Stern on this. It just kind of appeared. There's no press release, I don't think, sent out about actually, it. Actually, I think there was. I think I got one. Did you? Oh, yeah. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Let me... <laughs> Perhaps I've done something bad and got blacklisted by Stern now. Again? Without, without me knowing it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so anyway, there's a flyer for the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it obviously features Catwoman um, as, the, as the main backglass character and on, the, and on the back box sides as well. Uh, the, the cabinet is more... Uh, more traditional Batman and Robin. So, so that's the uh, that's the new new game models that have been announced by Stern Pimble in right. the past so, month. So um, now let me play a little uh, devil's advocate over here. You could also wonder, so why would Stern announce these um, additional models? Is that because they are stuck with parts that they need to get rid of? So do a new model and... Um, uh, get rid of the parts, or is the game so popular that oh, we're playing on that, and as uh, uh, as a result, here's a new model to cater to that market. Yeah, well, I guess it's a fairly fairly. Um, I don't want to underestimate the amount of work that goes into doing this. It's a fairly um, simple process to create these new models, as opposed to creating a new game. And if it stimulates sales a bit, you know, and uh, they recover the costs. And and they're not producing or not announcing any new models at the moment over the summer period and waiting until a little bit later, I think, in the year before they do that. Then um, no, it keeps uh, keeps their their distributors happy with new new games they can promote and uh, keeps them in the public eye. Right, keeps us talking about them as well. Right. Okay. Um, I do have uh, one other uh, aside from the usual code updates. I think for Black Knight and uh, what else? Deadpool has a new code update. Um, uh, but um, Stern also sent, at least to me, a uh, press release that they uh, appointed Ryan Cravens as director of North American Commercial Sales. 
Oh, yes, I did get that as well, yeah. Ah, so your your blacklisting is, like, <laughs> very recent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess so. Or maybe uh, I'm, maybe they're more selective in what they send me. Uh, yeah, so actually, I, I, I'm, I'm looking in my mailbox right now, I can't find, uh, find any press release for the, um, um, the two games we just discussed. Uh, I do see uh, a code update for Monsters as well, so that ties nicely in with the... Uh, uh, the extra color uh, model they're now at uh, 1.0 so okay good for them and um well that's basically all the stern news that i have although um i, I would say it's probably worth just um going back to what, what you said about about ryan cravens being an appointed as director of north american commercial sales right because um that's obviously sales to distributors not retail sales Right, and also know about Doug Score having, having been appointed to handle worldwide sales. Um, so I'm I'm wondering where whether this is just another you know, another slight edging of uh, of Gary Stern um, away from the business into a more relaxed and <laughs> leisurely lifestyle Probably. without um, such a hands on operation or having his hand on the the operation of of sales to distributors which is what he was going to concentrate on once um once dog was uh, was brought in as well right okay but now the north the whole north american you know, i um us and, and canada I, I don't know if that includes any i don't think they do any sales to mexico which is also strictly speaking north america um but now they have somebody handle that as well you know where does that leave gary stern probably on his boat <laughs> yeah, or skiing. Yeah, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's not worried about it anyway. Whatever yeah. it means. So, um, and then a slightly related to Stern Pimble, I think we can um, um, include that uh, right away. Uh, mm. Christopher Frenchy revealed cabinet artwork for uh, two games um, uh, recently. Uh, Beetlejuice, I think we discussed last month, and this month he released the cabinet artwork for a game called Superman. 78, based on the uh, very first uh, Superman movie with uh, Christopher Reeves as um, Superman, of course. Um, And the story is that uh, there was apparently an outside party interested in contracting Stern to build these games. And in the end, they didn't get... um, uh, Well, nobody was interested in, in designing those games. Uh, that's yeah. that's what it comes down to, and if if uh, as as George Gomez says, if the design team can't put themselves behind a theme, then it's not going to result in a great game. So you better not do it. Yeah, uh, I think officially the game, well, the game design was officially called Batman the movie. Oh, sorry, Superman the movie. Um, but yes, so that's as you said, that's that's Chris Franchi's second uh, complete. Well, not complete, but. Um, art package should we say i don't know how complete it was um for a, a title which isn't going to be produced by stern right so you can see that um you know he, the, he was rumored to be uh, somewhat frustrated that uh, these titles weren't being picked up and you can you can kind of see why if you put this effort into it and yeah. uh, and the games ever never actually go on into production it actually makes me wonder why um uh, well it's probably not a fair comparison but um a couple of months ago, we reported that um, Stern Pimble got um, the Godzilla license that Spooky Pimble mm. was after, um, and not the very commercial one, but one for a very obscure Godzilla movie from Japan. Uh, you wonder, um, 
well, obviously everybody has their suspicion of why Stern took that that license off the market, so to speak, because uh, nobody can see Stern doing uh, that obscure Godzilla themed uh, pinball but then it makes you wonder if you don't do superman i'm not saying superman is a is a is a, uh, a good theme i can see why design teams would not be interested in it especially since it, the movie from 78 has special effects that are <clears throat> everybody is basically yawning at like oh uh, nobody's believing that anymore but um it still makes me wonder why would, would they go for godzilla and actually develop a game for that that that's just on what I'm thinking. Playing devil's advocate one more time, but if, if you know, so mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we have an answer for that, so uh, we won't speculate anymore. There are plenty of other people who are willing to speculate. Okay, on what's so, happening in the pinball world. Yeah, let's stick to the now. facts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so um, well, Christopher French has been busy, uh, obviously. Um, who knows what else he's working on? Although um, last time I talked to him. Um, he told me that uh, he's still waiting from Stern uh, to hear from Stern what his next project will be. So he's on a bit of a hiatus right now. And um, okay, let's hope that that they will need him soon enough. Mm, yes, absolutely. Produces some lovely work. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's. Oh, what do we go to next? Shall we go down yeah. under or uh, go over to to China? In fact, and, um, and no, see no, what... we're going to Deep Root. Oh, okay. We're not going to go there yet. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah. c- we'll well come that to... That was the second headline, so I figured we'd do three headlines, and then we got some other news as well. But... Oh, okay. I like, I, like, I like to mix it up a bit, you know, to throw in a few random stories here and there. But, yeah, we, let's see. Um, Deep Root Pinball have been... Well, they haven't actually announced very much. They did put out an announcement um, saying... Uh, giving a rough timetable, and in some cases a very rough timetable, as to uh, when they're first game, uh, Retro Atomic Zombie Adventure Land, or Raza, as we can call it from now on, to avoid having to say that too many times, um, is going to be available to play, um, and when it's going to be, roughly, when it's going to be produced, but also looking at, uh, well, we're also bashing everybody else's product at the moment, saying how terrible pinball is right now. Yeah, well, we always love uh, manufacturers who do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, endears them to our hearts, obviously. Yeah, it's a good way to uh, to start building a name for yourself. Yeah. Um, well, they haven't got anything to, to show at the moment to show how good their oh, product that, is. That usually doesn't help. Yeah, well, um, yes, yeah, a little bit behind on that. Uh, but also extolling how wonderful and innovative and groundbreaking their, their games are going to be when they come out um, and unlike anything we've ever seen before. Oh, well, great. I can't wait to see it then. Yeah, well, you'll have to wait to see it, unfortunately, Um, because um, the first game, Raza, um, they do say that they will have it available, uh, or a number of units available, an unspecified number of units available, to play at this year's Houston Arcade Expo, which takes place, I think, in... November. November? November. 15th and 16th, I think. Okay, so the the end of this year. So they should have some models there for, for people to play. Good. Um, the actual um, big launch that, that that they were going to do in, in March this year at the Texas Pinball Festival. But they already that, said in November, I think, uh, of last year, oh, we're not going to make that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was that was postponed. That's that five days of deep root 
they're, they're actually still going ahead with that. And um, But they've given a fairly lax timetable as to exactly when it's going to happen. It could be any time between autumn slash fall of uh, 2019 this year mm-hmm. or summer or of 2020. Oh, that narrows it down. Yeah, it's basically a window of one year. So it could be, it could be any time in fall, um, autumn, um, winter, spring, or summer. Hmm. Um, so there you go. Um, well, it's a very put it in good your diary thing. now. Um, it's a good thing to see that those designers aren't being stressed into delivering games in a rush. Um, I think that might actually benefit the games, um, so that that uh, because the designers had all the time in the world to um, to work on them. Well, seemingly so, yeah. I mean, they've obviously been working on them for a while, and they could have up to you know another year um, or more. Man, you're a designer at Deep Root right now. I mean, you can <laughs> totally chill, you know, be innovative and all that kind of stuff. Actually, man. I envy Dennis Norkman. Yeah. Um, in fact, the only person who's got any pressure on them at all, it seems, is uh, John Popperduke to get Razor out by November this year. Well, only a few prototypes. So it's not, not like a real big pressure. Well, yeah, but they're going to be groundbreaking and innovative and unlike anything yeah, we've but, seen well, before. Yeah, but we've seen what that game looks like. So, Oh, but that's, yeah, well, that's uh, what it looks like. It's obviously only... Only uh, skin deep because there's, there's clearly a lot more in the game that we we don't know about that oh, makes well, it innovative and groundbreaking. Then get work, get get on it, John. Although I think John might be working with someone else inside the company to uh, to finish that game. Hmm. Okay. So uh, let's let's. Uh, I I um I wouldn't be surprised if Barry Osler is heavily involved in in <laughs> finishing that. But then again, Barry was often involved in uh, uh, finishing the designs of other designers, uh, even when he was working at Williams. So absolutely, yeah, it's one of the things he's uh, one of the many things he excels at. Yeah, um, so uh, actually, that could be a, good, a very good thing. And um, oh well, so um, I think that um, for the obviously there's um, some disputes going on, or, or people who. Um, bought a Raza game in the in the past. I think they have now till June 28th to uh, um, uh, claim a game with um, um, Deep Root, and after that, then um, I guess they're on their own, or or combined, or whatever. But um, let's keep this thing rather positive. Um, so if you're if you're um, if you're owed a Raza game then, and you haven't contacted Deepu, then you might want to look into that. And let's leave it at that. Um, yes, I'm, I'm not sure whether that's uh, that window is still open. Uh, what they did say is that by June the 28th, they will um, give the, the claimants a choice uh, between um, extending the delivery date of the machine they're owed until... Um, well, I guess that that window of uh, of the end of well, or fall of this year and summer of next year, uh, so that that fairly loose time frame for, for delivery of their their game, or taking some kind of financial um, settlement um, in um, instead rather than going for a, for a game. So that's that will be um, offered to those people by the twenty eighth of June. Okay. Well, let's hope it will all work out. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So our third headline was about uh, another new manufacturer. Yes, yeah, um, it was Pinball, um, mm. who have shown around their uh, Cosmic Carnival game at uh, various shows uh, recently. Uh, actually, since last year, uh, October, I think, um, that was uh, when the first Whitewood made an appearance at the um, earlier mentioned Houston Arcade Expo. And uh, at the Texas Pinball Festival, they showed uh, the, the, the um, playfield and artwork with new. Um, uh, um, they showed the, the playfield and cabinet with artwork by uh, Dirty Donny. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, they have actually been very active on uh, Facebook and possibly also uh, other social media, but I pay most attention to Facebook. Um, updating um, uh, uh, images or photos. Um, um, of uh, uh, gameplay, or at least flipping a ball around, uh, with some music in the background, and um, the uh, the sculptures on the game above the ramps are now both uh, colored in, painted, so to speak. At mm-hmm. the Texas Pinball Show, they were just um, 3D printed uh, mock-ups with no paint, I think, and um, they changed. Uh, based on feedback that they got from uh, from people playing the game, they changed actually the um, the layout of the or the design of the ramps. Um, so the ramps are still in the same spot and they still feed the same uh, inlays, but uh, the ramp design itself changed so that uh, it's no longer blocking uh, the artwork on the playfield that much, and people have can can better see where the ball is going. So. Uh, that's that's I guess an improvement, which is uh, interesting to note, and um, and they're sort of getting ready to 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 build their first uh, couple of playfields. They had uh, showed pictures of uh, a couple of cabinets being uh, decaled and so on. So they're getting ready for their first, um, I'd say, pre-production. Yes, they just say the the first ten cabinets are either finished or close to finished. Um, and they showed some pictures of cabinets and, and back boxes. Uh, and they said that their first production playfield is making its way down the line, which is surprising because um, we haven't really had a chance to play any sort of sample games yet. But they're going straight, maybe they're going straight to production and, and start shipping the games. Maybe they're, they're that confident that you know, the game can just be built now. They've done all their testing, and uh, and they can start making them and shipping them to the buyers. In which case, bravo, congratulations! Yeah. There's uh, not many pinball companies who are able to do that. So, um, in the sense that it, it, usually the 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 assembly line setup and all that kind of stuff, the inventory part, that's the big beast that startups usually have the 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 most. Uh, difficulty with getting that um, uh, under control, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I would say it's easy to design and, uh, and and prototype a game or build a one-off sample, but I uh, say getting easy, it. But that's no, so I wouldn't say to that. The, <laughs> ask Andrew Iway, and he will tell <laughs> you that's the easy part. Yeah, getting all the manufacturers, all, all your ducks in in a row, and uh, and actually getting everybody ready to start producing the games in any kind of quantity is is a very different different proposition to building the one sample game. Right. So. Um, so anyway, so that's Suncoast um, with their Cosmic Carnival game. Yeah, and kudos for them. Uh, I hope they they have a. Um... Um, successful start, and mm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, more games uh, from them. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing um, the the revamped or the, the the new layout for the game as well. Which, I'm, uh, I'm I'm still waiting for exciting. for code on it because all I got to do is play it at the Texas Pinball Festival, where I was mm. basically flip a ball around and nothing's going to happen. Yes, that, that's that, right. That that was it. So I'm curious to see how it will actually play with. Um, um, with all the code uh, fully implemented and uh, the modes working and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. Yeah, I don't know when we'll get to see that exactly, but uh, a little bit later in the year, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, speaking of yeah. um, uh, starting up production, um, here's a nice bridge to American mm. Pinball. Yeah, um, who are looking to bring more people on board for their for their production. Yes, they are looking for full-time employees for their stockroom, uh, shipping and receiving, the production line, and game testing. Especially well, game testing, I found a uh, very interesting... Um, uh, you, you fancy your chances at that, do you? Well, um, not so much in the sense, um, obviously I'm based in Europe, and if they'd love to send over a game for me to test it, then by all means, please do so. Um, and trust me, I'll test it thoroughly. Um but um, obviously, as editor of uh, Pinball Magazine, I've, uh, uh, and you know this as well, um, I've talked to, to quite a few um, uh, pinball designers who uh, probably, quite a few, Jim Petla comes to mind, and um, uh, a few others uh, who started out at Belly, actually in uh, game testing, um, that's what that's what they, where they got in um, as 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 kids still in school, um, and it, after school they went to the factory just to play pinball and record scores and how long they played the game. Actually, um, test playing all those games only to become designers at a later stage. So when I saw that they are looking for game testers. Um, I sort of made that that connection, although I understand it's also just uh, a game is coming down the line and you need to test whether it's completely working. Mm. That, that's also probably the same. So it might be two different um, um, adaptions of the of that name or interpretations of what game testing actually is. But then again, you never know which future designer might be responding to this vacancy. Yes, it's also interesting that they're, they're looking for these people because uh, I don't know if that implies that they didn't have them before or didn't have enough of them. And if they didn't have enough of them before, they're obviously planning for you know higher production numbers and will need need more staff. And now, obviously, as we well, obviously in in the past, we've we've featured um, stories about American Pinball and moved to their new factory which is significantly larger than the one that they're, they're currently in and how that's going to happen, expected to happen over the summer. And that will provide them with up to three production lines, so which uh, the, the main one would be used, obviously, as their main pinball game. The second one and third one could be used for production of, of contract games or or um, other types of games. It could be redemption games or or anything else that uh, the company wants to take on as, as – uh, and, and build for other companies. So, yeah, you can see that uh, they get all those three going. They're certainly going to need more line st- line people, more stockroom staff, um, shipping and receiving, and and testing of the product. You know, in a way that they haven't been haven't needed to do up until now. Right. 
Okay. Well, so um, uh, my guess is uh, this might also have to do with the um, um, uh, postponed move um, of facilities uh, for American Pinball. So that might also be in order. I don't know how far they are from where they... I think they were now in stream mood, and I'm not sure whether mm-hmm. they're st- staying in stream mood, but... Um, if they're relocating to a different part of Illinois or something, um, then I could imagine that not everybody who's currently working for them is following them. But That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, because Palatine, where they're moving to, is a little way away, as, as we know, having, having, uh, having been there in the past. Right. So. <laughs> so they might be looking for locals uh, over there also, although I do think that the ad clearly mentions Streamwood as a location. So. Yeah, probably to start with, yes. Okay, so then that means that they, they could, the, the move is still um, yet to happen. Let's let's call it that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, all right. Well, that's uh, American Pinball. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, um, well, Oktoberfest is on the line, and uh, good thing that they need extra people. Yeah. Okay. Do I get to uh, to go back to the story I was uh, about to mention earlier? Sure. Go ahead. Sorry for the interruption. No, that's all right. I it's, wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I was. <laughs> sorry, couldn't resist. Oh uh, well, yeah, we, we, to, we were talking. Uh, well, we're about to start talking about uh, home pin. Right. Uh, the um, I don't know, call them an Australian company or a Chinese company. I suppose well, the, uh, the, the Australian China based home yeah. pin. Yes, I know Australian. Um, pinball production company uh, uh, with um, still working on on thunderbirds as which is their first release and um just announced uh, a new run of the games as i understand yes. uh, you, you know a bit more about this than i do yeah um, i talked to uh, mike kalinowski the owner of um uh, home pin i think last last week um and they're um uh, well, they're basically doing a new run of um, uh, Thunderbirds. Um, he also had just returned from a um, uh, Chinese coin-op amusement uh, trade show, where they obviously showed off the game, but they also introduced another game that they are um, about to be making. Uh, it was a prototype of a game called uh, Ride the Wave, and anybody who has seen a picture of that game uh, might think of a title game called um, Ice Cold Beer, which is an upright game uh, where you have a um, a play field, which is almost in a vertical position, but uh, with a slight angle to it. Um, and you have um, to move a ball uh, that is being balanced on a uh, metal um, a rail, I would say, or something like that. Correct mm-hmm. me if my no, no, no. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's two joysticks, uh, like uh, on a video game, that that control the up and down on the left side and on the right side of that rail that you're move, trying to move. And the idea is that you move the ball um, in between a maze of holes up to one hole that is blinking, and that's where the ball should land in. So it's a very simple um, um, skill-based uh, game, I would say. Um, yep. I remember actually watching uh, Robert Gagno <laughs> last year at the um, Vancouver Flip Out, where he um, 
just basically he played an ice cold uh, beer game um and i think he he um he went he he rolled that game like five or six times if not more and uh that was pretty good i never seen anybody do it like that and um uh, so, well, I know Ice Cold Beer is a game that is uh, quite a few people are looking for that, like um, fun to add to their uh, to their game room. And um, so it appears that um, Homepin now have basically a, um, I wouldn't call it a knockoff, but it's basically clearly the same principle. And um, mm-hmm. uh, they probably made a few uh, innovations. They added music to it and... Um, um, well, it's a completely. Um, it is built with modern technology, so probably if there were any any hiccups with the previous model, um, I'm sure they used new technology to create new new hiccups, uh, but all <laughs> the old ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, so so that's a game that Homeprint is looking to produce, and uh, what I understood was that the feedback at the um, um, the the Gangnam uh, or whatever it's called the uh, trade show was uh, um, rather positive, so hopefully that will lead to uh, orders for them uh, for that game. Yeah, it's, it's a good fun game to play. Ice cold beer. Yeah. Anybody who's played it will know that. Uh, right. Very sought after in in home game rooms, and you would think you know even actually in the in the ice cold beer branding it would have been um, a very popular game in America now. Uh, with with the rise of craft beer breweries everywhere and and barcades and tap rooms and well, this is an easy game to retheme. So, any... well, yeah, but yeah, you, you could brand it for the ind- individual brewery, exactly, very, and or, or the location, right? So, um, so that will help you sell another game. And uh, <laughs> well, okay, so that might be the most retheme game ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could could be easily done. I've seen it done a couple of times right. um, at different places, so it's certainly achievable. I've uh, never seen it done very well, um, any better than the original, but uh, it, it's certainly something which lends itself to that. Right. So, um, and um, well, obviously we mentioned Thunderbirds. Uh, there's a, a new run um, uh, being mm-hmm. made. Uh, uh, part of the games being made are uh, well. I, I really don't like going into disputes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but apparently there's a couple of um, uh, people who prepaid the game. And um, when uh, there, uh, there, there's been some, let's call it miscommunication or misunderstanding, um, people bought the game and um, when the game was ready for them, um, they said like, oh no, I paid for shipping and uh, uh, taxes were also included, while uh, Homepin is saying no. It clearly states that shipping and taxes were not included, so you still owe shipping and, ta- and, um, uh, and taxes. And, uh, That's still going on, is it? That, well, that, that yeah. Dispute. Um, I think we've covered ho- it. Hopefully past. that will be solved by now, uh, uh, once these games, they're, they're being shipped to Australia, and then... Um, uh, these people will get a chance to uh, either pick up their game, and if they don't, then uh, then I don't know what's going to happen. But um, it's sorry, my time is way too valuable to keep all <laughs> that that kind of um, yeah. Um, and we're going to be I, short I feel sorry on time, for people you know. who are in that situation. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it's not something that I'm really interested in covering. So, so I mentioned it, and uh, okay, hopefully with these games being built, those 
people will eventually get their game and then let's all move on. Yes. Yeah, there are plenty of other disputes around that uh, that probably deserve a little more attention. Um, but well, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more, more on those a little bit later. Right. So, um, yeah, um, there are... There, there are um, I can think of one or two, but I can't talk yeah. about those at the moment. No. So no, we get, as I say, later. Not later in this podcast, but later as in a future podcast. Yes. So. Okay. So um, talking of future things, and that nice segue there into um, things which are upcoming. Um, Chicago Gaming. Right. Uh, we, you know, well, in fact, you have a little news on um, on what their next title may well be. Yes. Um, well, it wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't call it a surprise. Um, obviously, Chicago Gaming is the company that is known for uh, their remakes of Williams games. Yeah, Williams Bally. Yeah, they did Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, and most recently Monster Bash. And a lot of people are expecting that uh, Cactus Canyon, uh, which was the last normal-sized. Um, pinball machine produced by Bally Williams with software that was uh, never finished Mm -hmm. Um, and the production line cut short to make way for um, uh, Pinball 2000 um, at the time Uh, that game has already been rumored to be uh, next in line and uh, interestingly um, it appears that a representative of let's call it that um, because I don't know exactly well I know who it might be but I have no confirmation of that name so a representative of Chicago Gaming reached out to um, a parts manufacturer or parts manufacturer and seller uh, pinball parts shop um, asking um, for uh, them to, if they knew the uh, the guy who wrote the code for Cactus Canyon continued to reach out and uh, contact them and they left a phone number and of course um, the uh, the the owner of the company got in touch with uh, the, uh, the the programmer who um, uh, wrote that uh, that code gave the number and as far as I understood uh, the programmer uh, uh, tried calling them a couple of times uh, only to have his call calls never being answered but that does uh, the fact that uh, someone high up the um, ladder in uh, American Pinball is uh, reaching out for uh, for this programmer and uh, that that software it appears seems to indicate that Cactus Canyon can be sort of believed to be the upcoming remake title um, for Chicago Gaming Company. Hmm. Well, that's uh, not entirely unexpected, is it? That uh... That Cactus Cannon can, would be the next one, and it would be the continued version, or at least something, something uh, based on the continued version. Maybe, maybe continued further than right. uh, than, than Eric uh, got to with, with his his version. Although I think everyone who's played that one thinks it's uh, it's uh, sort of almost like a work of art. Well, how he's uh, taken built on the on the original game, yeah, and added so much more to it. Yeah, um, I. Um... Yeah, it will be interesting what um, what Chicago's gaming um, take on that game will be. But so far, they stayed very close to um, uh, using the original code 
uh, enhancing it with a, uh, a, a colored display, bigger display, and um, adding, uh, in case of Monsebesh, uh, uh, additional light shows and uh, mm. R, uh, RGB LEDs to to um, improve the the current light show, so to speak. So um, it will be interesting to see what their plans are with Cactus Canyon, if that turns out to be their next remake, of course. Hmm. Then again, um, so far they haven't been really not not Chicago I mean, is not really known for keeping their future games uh, secret. I mean, Monster Bash also leaked out uh, months and months uh, before the game was finally announced. So, yes, uh, it's it's very hard to keep keep that that kind of secret, isn't it? Uh, when when you have to start altering parts for the, for these games, you know, with such a, a reasonably long lead time. You know, if you're going to start ordering, you know, um, aprons with um, with guns on them, for instance, then people are going to realise what that next title is going to be. And right. particularly, I think in the case of Monster Bash, when they uh, applied for a, tra- a trademark, didn't they, uh, on the game on uh, on the use of the, of the of the Monster Bash title? Yeah, but it also didn't help that uh, Doc Score, when he was still working at the company, did an interview with uh, I think it was Replay Magazine. Um, where they uh, basically had a, uh, a photo of the um, a part of the factory within the back came Monster Bash playfield. So, hmm. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that's that's what they are working on, but they're they're not working on um, another title, which some people have been been speculating they might be producing. Yes. Um, obviously, there was a list of. Um, uh, that that was published, I think, last year or even in 2017, of um, uh, titles that uh, Planetary Pinball um, was offering, I think, to Chicago Gaming. Or I'm not even sure if that's accurate the way that I describe. It. Anyway, there was a list um, uh, that also included Theater of Magic and uh, Big Bang Bar. Uh, Theater of Magic being a uh, Belly Williams game, of course, but Big Bang Bar is a Capcom title. Mm. And um, as far as... uh, um, um, I talked to a representative um, Mm -hmm. uh, of Chicago Gaming uh, who told me Big Bang Bar is not on their radar at the time Mm -hmm. when I talked to him. So... uh, as as a reporter, I'd like to. Uh, I don't want to uh, rain on everybody's parade, but um, if we once we know that something is not on the radar, can we please accept that it's not on the radar and not keep bringing it up as a future uh, potential title? Sure, the potential is always there, but it's not on their radar. That means it's not a priority for them. And frankly, yeah, it's not being I, worked on at the moment. Right. So frankly, um, I think. The chances are that um, I think we might even see a uh, an original design from uh, Chicago Gaming sooner than we might see a remake of uh, Big Bang Bar. So take that uh, for whatever you think that it is. But um, obviously, nobody would be surprised to to see that at Chicago Gaming at some point they will be uh, starting to design their own games, and I think that might happen, or maybe they're already working on it, and we don't know yet. But uh, I see that happening sooner than that they would do a remake of Big Bang Bar. Yeah, that would be a quite a, a leap, really, um, from 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 coming out with a, a known, popular, and successful product 
uh, in a remake form to bringing out an entirely new game with with no history to it and having to basically sell it to the public um, in a way that they haven't had to really sell. I mean, Medieval well, Madness, got, they have uh, Attack from Mars, every, everybody, yeah, everybody knows them and people were clamoring for them and being able to buy one in, uh, in new condition was almost a no-brainer unless you absolutely had to have an original. Right. But with a new title, you know, you're starting from scratch. You know, why would you buy this over, you know, over Cosmic Carnival? Why do you buy over the latest Stern? You know, because nobody knows anything about it at that point. Right. So then, but then it's even a, probably a, a, an even playing field. I mean, it's not like, sure, I can understand that they don't have the advantage of the game being known, but it doesn't mean that it couldn't be a good game. Oh, absolutely not. No, and also, you know, the remakes after you've after you've uh, remade all the A titles, you know, the ones which are in any way scarce. Um, when you're looking for a good example, yeah. you you have to start looking elsewhere, don't you? Right. So, um, so since Theater of Magic was on that list, and let's do a little speculation, would you say that is a title that's very much in demand? No, I think if you wanted a Theater of Magic, you could easily get one. Um, and um, the, you know, the, uh, the repro playfields out there, all the parts are really available. There's some, some lovely looking modded ones out there with you know the, with the working tiger saw and uh, mirror blades and all sorts of chains and, and other features added onto the playfield. So if you're looking for a top end um, theatre of magic. I don't think you'd have any problem in, in finding one now. Right. Although, although you know, maybe if if, um, if Chicago can bring it out at a, at a reasonable price. You know, then save people the problem, uh, all the trouble. Of, um, uh, to find was, one. Uh, the standard Monsterbesh model was a uh, very reasonably priced. It I was. Say. Yeah, and I, agree. Um, um, I think if people are in the market for uh, for an, uh, a remade Theater of Magic, obviously, then they would be interested in a game that has a larger display in color and maybe a topper as well. The question is, okay, is that? Um, is that a nine thousand dollar game or whatever it is, eight and a half? I'm, mm. not, I'm not even sure at this point, but don't don't quote me on those numbers. But so instead of the the the, the standard model for six thousand, would that be? Would you be? Are those extras worth that extra money? Well, I so say you're you're starting to move down the ladder of pricing, and uh, and unless you do the same uh, with the with the new remakes. Then, um, which which then in turn leads to no lower profits, and compared to, you know, maybe their own their own fully featured design could could be a more expensive game and yeah. with uh, with a better profit for them. So on a, on a slightly related but totally unrelated topic, <laughs> <laughs> so, that covers everything. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. But um, so so Chicago Gaming has been making um, um, uh, remakes of existing uh, uh, titles. Um, would there be a market for a remake of take any specific uh, Williams uh, title, um, but uh, remake it with a different name and and basically rebrand it? So, for example, um, see if you can um, uh, I don't know. Let's take Whitewater or the or the Shadow, but not as Whitewater or The Shadow, but find a new license or a new theme, and would there be a market for such games, or is it like, no, you can find the original one, why would you bother? Yeah, I think it would be a lot of work, uh, really, to, and you'll, you'll almost certainly end up with something which is um, less 
desirable than the original. And if there are plenty of originals out there, why why would you do it? The game was these games were built uh, with those themes in mind, and unless you can find and come up with something which is very similar um, in in terms of um, how the the gameplay and the the playfield features map to the theme, um, you are onto a loser and. And it's going to be something that's going to be very, very similar to the original theme. So it's it doesn't sound like a goer to me, but no, right. I'm willing to be proved wrong. Okay. So if we if if we're looking at the um, all the little speculation, if we're looking at all the uh, the the Belly Williams titles that Chicago Gaming basically has mm-hmm. um, uh, the possibility to to take them uh, and, and and remake them. Um, which titles would you say are um, stand a good chance of of, of being actually add, adding something to the the, the original um, and and so that there that people would actually be interested in it? I think you should be looking at, at some of the the um, I would say less successful, but the ones that sold fewer. Um, t- fewer numbers than they probably could have done if they'd had a better theme attached to them or, or a more accessible theme. Um, one which immediately springs to mind to me is um, No Fear, which I think it's a fast game and it's it, there's nothing on that game that particularly ties it to No Fear as a as a theme, right? You know, or even to to the different sports which are featured in there. Uh, it's basically just a bunch of uh, very fast, long shots, with the exception of the, uh, the tube shot on the left, which is, you know, like the, the standard get out, um, Terminator kick out. Mm. But other than that, it's fast. It's got an upper play field, with, you know, with a like a um, like a, a supercharger type thing, but with a flipper on it, and that could be that could be used in many different ways. So that would be a good one, I, I think, to to retheme. Right, uh, but uh, I'm sure there are others. I mean, we've seen games like. Um, like um, No Good Gophers, for instance, being rethemed as like Caddyshack or something like that. Um, although that's that's an old title, but if it was something more relevant these days, that uh, a golf type theme, yeah, then it could be done. Uh, no, obviously you still got the uh, the Gophers in in the game, unless you replace those with something else. Right. So, but would you see a market for, let's say, a remake of Indiana Jones or um, even Adam Family? No, I think those those playfield designs are so tied to the original theme and so many. You know, so it's no, but even as, as uh, just as a remake of of Indiana Jones, um, would there be a market for that? Just with the upgraded uh, display, new LEDs and uh, RGB LEDs, and um, would there be a market for that, or or are those? No, it's definitely that... a market. Yes, whether it's big enough to to make it worth their while in developing all that. You know, to go and um, to, to spend time working on the, the high-res graphics for the, for the bigger screen, maybe reworking the software, you know. And unless you can actually add anything much to the game, then, you know, why are you doing it? There are plenty of, plenty of models out there if you want them. Right, okay. So, um, oh, well. So... Um, let's round this up. I think this was it. And uh, like I said at the beginning, you have somewhere to go and I have somewhere Absolutely, to go. Absolutely, yeah. There was, was one more thing. Uh, I think we mentioned about uh, there was an update this month about um, our our, uh, our colleagues at Flip, uh, Paper Flock. 
Oh and, right, yeah. Uh, and what they've been uh, been announcing. Well, we uh, mentioned that last. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's interesting yeah. since we're both uh, editors as well. Um, we mentioned it last month. Um, yes, there has been an update on the. Uh, uh, 200 years of Stern book. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's a 30 years of Stern book, but uh, uh, rather late. Uh, actually, two years late, um, based on the, on, on the on the delivery date that they originally um, uh, projected in that um, uh, Kickstarter uh, program that they uh, that they did mm-hmm. for that. And um, so, what happened was. Um, Soon, well, I'm not saying that there was any relation to our podcast, but um, soon after uh, our last podcast um, came out, in which we discussed that they were two years uh, late, um, an update came out in which, uh, interestingly, the people who bought, uh, who supported that project in the first place, uh, were given the option um, with the story that um, the book had been designed. And um, then they decided to improve the layout of uh, certain pages. Um, and they made a comparison. They showed like what pages looked like um, uh, originally, um, which was really bad. And then they showed the layout, which was um, far more likely to be liked by people uh, in the sense that uh, the, the really bad pages showed a playfield photo that didn't even have the entire playfield on it, but just a, a portion of it, which makes me wonder, like, why on earth would you even show that? Uh, I mean, you want to show the whole playfield and not just a portion of it. So whoever was doing the layout of that book is either a complete amateur who knows nothing about pinball. <laughs> um, and then I still find it hard to believe that if you're hiring such a non-amateur or, or such an amateur to do these layouts, I'm expecting that you look at the first couple of designs that someone like that um, uh, would have done uh, uh, if you're not doing it yourself. And um, then um, tell them, no, that's not what we want. We want it like this. You're not having an amateur designer design a complete book only then to find out like, huh, it looks like crap. You have to do it all again. That's completely not a um, viable story in my book. Let's put it like that. And um, uh, I'm uh, I'm even thinking that um, they actually um, the, the the good pages is actually how the book is completely uh, designed. They just threw in a few couple of bad page designs as a comparison, but they made believe that that was how the book, the entire book was made out. And now they need more time to improve the layout on all these pages. Um, yes. So, so the basic, basic idea was they asked the, the, the backers, should we put it out as it is in, in the, in the original design, as they called it. Yeah. Um, which as you say, is not good. Um, or should, should we be given more time to make it look like, the improved look. And of course, everybody said, well, no, that original one, well, no, not everybody, 90% of people said, we want the new look. We want yeah. the improved layout. We don't like the old one um, with the, with the implication there that they were, they're willing to allow them more time. And I think they said they wanted two months or something like that. Yeah. Well, in order to do it. but I don't, I can't see how you can go from one to the other in two months. 
Because um, oh, there's see a lot of work. Can do that. That, that's not, I mean, it's only going to be a 200-page book, so I can easily see uh, I would need less time to do that. But I would have designed it better in the first place. <laughs> that's, uh, um, so they could do that. But basically, they the whole thing reeks of basically um, pulling a... Um, uh, a tactic to mm-hmm. basically have the, your so backers... themselves at all time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and it works. You're all, <laughs> what you were always going to do anyway. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so it worked for them, and uh, now we still have to see whether will, whether the book will be available in two months. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say any more on that because uh, I, I obviously wish them well and I really hope they do get the game out. But um, book, but okay. Sorry, book. Yes, sorry. <laughs> the book of games out, um, but past performance isn't uh, promising, is it? Um, well, it's not not speaking in their advantage, so to speak. No, no. So anyway, let's uh, let's see what happens there, and uh, hopefully in uh, the podcast after next we'll be able to announce that the book is out and uh, and being, or at least being published and uh, being sent out. Right. right. Yeah. So, fingers crossed for that. Right. Okay. So, um, so uh, like we said at the beginning, this is going to be a rather short one, although it, I do yeah. think we even went rather in-depth in certain uh, topics. So, um, thank you very much. Uh, always a pleasure uh, discussing uh, these pinball updates with you. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Oh, guess what? Oh, really? Now? Yes. Right at the end? Just we've got to go? Yes. So, okay. You're going, I'm going. uh, For those listening, uh, you'll probably hear my phone ringing in the background. Yes, we have Gary calling. No, we don't have time for that. Next time, next time, definitely. Okay. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Thanks thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this this look back on the month of uh, May 2019. So, from me, Martin and from... Me, Jonathan, from uh, Pimmel Magazine. We wish you a very happy June, and we'll be back at the end of the month to look back at all the events that have taken place this month. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.